You're listening to the Full 10 Yards of Brett Ball Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, welcome everyone to the final Britball podcast of our tour up and down all of the UK. We started off in Hertfordshire and visited lots of different teams, both through the podcast and on the website. But we finish off today the crowning podcast. We could say we are going international. I am being joined by Jason Scott of the Town of Phoenix, of the University of Nottingham, and of course now the GB Lions head coach, the triple crown, the triple threat. Just worth noting that somehow Skype um, in my in this interview didn't really like my microphone too much. Um, managed to perform a salvage operation so it just gets a bit funny in the odd part for an odd second or two so um, kudos to me not sure how it got that way considering it is my recording from my microphone but there we are that's uh, blame it on covid anyway without any further ado let's get to it hit the breaker Okay, delighted to say it is the man himself on for a third time a hat trick of appearances on the Full Ten Yards at Britball Podcast. It is of course Jason Scott, who of course, ladies and gentlemen, is the newly appointed Great Britain at Lions head coach. Jason, a very warm welcome to you. Hello. Do I get a special T-shirt for being like here three times now, or is there any gifts or? Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, if you if you want a, if you want a T-shirt, Jason, we're more than happy to send you one uh, along. Just. To... Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. We can, we can certainly send you something if you, if you want. It's like a soccer AM, isn't it? They used to do give out footballs for Absolutely, someone yeah. to come on the couch three times. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, we can sort that after the podcast. That's uh, no, no problem whatsoever, Jason. You, you are, you are Britball royalty, so we're always happy to send you absolutely anything you want. I'm a legend in my own lunchtime, maybe, but no, not. <laughs> not but, um, yeah, obviously, for, firstly, congratulations uh, on, on the appointment. Just uh, give us kind of a bit of insight into how it, how it all came about. Is it something that you've always um, been wanting to do? And, and how did it? How, how did the conversation start? Absolutely. It's the pinnacle of the game, isn't it? You don't, you know, I'm everything I've done in football. I wanted to be the best version of me that I could be, um, whether it was moving to America for the first time or taking on my first head coaching role or um, doing something that I was uncomfortable with. I believe in the the strength of desirable difficult difficulty um, uh, difficulty. Sorry, um, um, I want to challenge myself. I, I'm not satisfied with being um, good. Uh, I, I want to be the best version of me that I can be, and I think the best way to do that is to challenge myself on the national uh, national level. Um, so when the the uh, advert came out. I, I thought about it. Had a, had a conversation with uh, my my friends and family, and decided it was an opportunity that I couldn't really uh, afford to miss. Mm. So I applied, went through the process, got the interview. Um, it was a great conversation with Coach Callan, who's obviously now moved from being the head coach of the national program to uh, um, the um, director of, of, of um, all the national programs. Um, there was him and a, a few other coaches on on the panel, um, and just had a conversation, a really informal conversation about my um, perspective, what I'd like to see from the national program, how I feel I could um, help uh, in many ways, uh, and and it just kind of went from there. Really, um, it's something that, like I said, I've always wanted to do. Um, uh, like I say, it's 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 a challenge for me. It's the pinnacle of the game in the UK, and uh, I'm very excited and, and um, very grateful for the opportunity that the uh, the national governing body have, have given me. Mm. 
I mean, we're getting to the kind of the the role that you uh, you'll be getting your teeth into very shortly, indeed. But are you still obviously most people will be familiar with you, obviously at Tamworth and, and Knotts as well in the Uniball game. Are you, are you still carrying on with those roles as well? Is there an opportunity to do those both in tandem? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see it as a, an actual it's a strength that I, I'll still be coaching university football and uh, and senior league football um, for 12 months a year. It allows me to, firstly, keep coaching, stay active and, and continue to challenge myself and grow and develop. But it also allows me to see the best quality footballers um, every week. You know, whether it's mm. um, um, the Books Premier League North, um, obviously seeing some of the best players, young players in the country. And then obviously in, in the Baffa um, Prem North, um, seeing all, all the guys up and down Northern Conference. But when I'm not you know, doing that, I'll have the opportunity to go and watch games and, and um, continue to build a network of coaches. I think that's really, also really yeah. important as well, that whilst I'm going up and down, I'm, I'm interacting with different coaches, different schemes, uh, and speaking to them about people they've seen and and who they think is is capable. Uh, and I think that's the big strength that we have in this country. Is the Britball community is so accessible and so um, you know, friendly. Certainly, the relationships I fostered with the coaches that I've interacted with, um, I hold in very high esteem. And uh, I'm very grateful uh, for the friendships that I, I've got from football. And that's what, another reason why I wanted to do this, because the game's been extremely kind to me. Um, it's seen me coaching the UK, coaching the US, come back and succeed at the highest level, interact with so many great people. So I really want to give back to to British American football um, because I'm eternally grateful of all the opportunities it's afforded me. So hopefully I can I can give back and um, I can do my little bit to to affect the future. Mm. And you mentioned obviously using a bit about you being able to use a network of, of resources in terms of coaching and, and contacts that you do have when you when you had that say you had that informal conversation uh when going for the interview were you allowed to have that kind of freedom to to bring in say okay this is this is how i want to do it this is what i think will be best for us going forward and obviously knowing your 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 past and, and what you've been through already but were they were they happy to give you that freedom to say okay let's let's go off in a slightly different direction this is how i want to do it were they, were they happy and uh, amenable to that Absolutely. I think that and Coach Carl, having been through the process before, he understands the strengths and weaknesses of the national programme. Uh, and it's the way it's done. And you know, I want to be able to bring in a staff that uh, I can trust and I'm comfortable with. Uh, and it's in the best interest of me, uh, Baffert, for us to put together the best possible coaching staff. And I could only do that with coaches I know, coaches I trust and coaches who I really value and, and respect. Uh, so they've absolutely mm. given me the opportunity to build my staff and uh, I'm still in the process and, and fine-tuning everything. Uh, we're going to announce um, coordinators and everything before the uh, the global pandemic started out, so I'm not going to do anything yet, but um, we're getting close to, uh, to putting a, a really good staff together, I think. That is, like you say, a new way of doing things. I've gone really young with the staff um, because I want to... Sure. You know, create some excitement and some buzz. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm I, I'm extremely excited about the, the staff we've we put together. And don't do me wrong, there's going to be some uh, some familiar faces from um, the Britball community, but there's also going to be some uh, some young guys who I really value and I really respect, um, and people may not be as aware of. Um, but I, I really value their their qualities as coaches. So um, yeah, it, it's it's an exciting time and. Um, I'm very fortunate that Baffer have allowed me to to build my staff and and shape 
the national team, um, along with Coach Callan, um, how I, I see it moving forward. And you obviously mentioned youth there being, being a big change. Is that the kind of the big change in maybe in focus compared to previous setups, or is there anything else that you're looking to come and do? Is it worth of mention? Yeah, I, I, I'm all about the process of being great. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to set out any specific goals or, or yeah, I want to just set a series of processes in place. And I think because we're in this for the long run, is it's important to get guys who can grow into their roles and grow with the program as well. Uh, it's it's really important that you know the staff that we appoint aren't just here for a year or two. It's you know a four or five year, six year plan. Mm-hmm. That we are planning, yeah. we are building things, but you know it's all about the processes, um, and that's that's really important to me. Um, we sure. just need to be consistent. Uh, we need to make sure that you know greatness isn't isn't sexy. It's not. Uh, it doesn't come easy. It's dirty and it's hard work. Um, and I want to make sure that the people who start this journey with me, you know, engage in that hard work and. Um, um, develop as the program develops and evolves as the program evolves and I think it's important to evolve or you become extinct you know it's important that we um, we constantly look to to grow and, and develop and uh, um, move forward. No, I know. I, I, I certainly agree, and I'd say I'm really excited. Uh, I, th- I think you, you and the, and the GB Lions is, is kind of a match made in heaven, to be quite honest. Uh, from, from obviously the the little bits I know, I know about you, and sort of from what I've seen, so yeah, really excited uh, in terms of what, what's what's ahead. But uh, Jason, there are there are going to be people out there that you know do love a bit of Britball, maybe participate in uh, in in Britball during the summer or Uniball during the winter, or maybe a bit of both as well. But you know. Me, me personally, uh, apart from maybe one or two other bits that I, I look out for and read, there's, there's not a, a great deal. Uh, might, there might be people out there that don't know too much about the international scene. So um, coronavirus uh, aside, can you just give us kind of a, a, an insight into kind of the how, how the international game kind of works? Obviously, we have international tournaments. You have like the Euros and you have the world stuff as well. Um, but you just, just give us an insight into kind of the cycle of, of an international team. Uh, and obviously, from a player standpoint, how... Yeah, who's eligible how do they get into being called up and 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 all the rest of that yeah it's it's um it's a slightly different way of of qualifying for euros the the aim is to be in the final four which is the best four teams in in europe um and the tiering system is a slightly convoluted complex system all you need to know that we're in a group or we were in a group um with denmark with austria and serbia Ourselves and Denmark were, were due to play, and Serbia and Austria were due to play. And the winners of those games play each other for the right to be the best team in, in our group. Um, and right. the other two teams will, will play. So it, it kind of sets that seeding. So you're, you're either the A team in the A pool, uh, the B pool, the C pool, and or the D pool. Uh, and then you play a tournament with that. So the aim, obviously, is to, you know, we were due to play um, Denmark, uh, and then would go on and play either Austria or Serbia. And the aim would be to win those two games and go into the, the April, which would be the final four. Um, so regardless of where we would, would be, uh, you'd either end up being put A, B, C or D, and that gives you your European ranking. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how it works. And that happens every three to four years. Hmm. 
Okay. And do you, do you have, obviously you have those pools, but is it, um, you know, without trying to reference it too much to soccer, but do you have like friendlies where you're able to put yourselves against other teams? And how do you, you know, in the, in the big tournaments, how do the players get drafted into into the team or, or called up for the team? It's it's really tough to organise the um, the friendlies or the scrimmages. Certainly, it's something I would like to do um, during my time. Is not maybe not scrimmage of the national teams, but scrimmage um, a an inter squad, maybe possibles versus probables kind of deal, or or a university all star team, or or things like that, just to stay keep us match fresh. And in terms of the eligibility, you know, you just need to be British and to be playing football uh, over nineteen. So. I think, uh, you, you can't be drafted in underage. Um, you know, if you're under 19, you'll be playing for the under 19 program. Uh, just playing senior league or university league at, at a high level. And you know, there's some, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, I've seen a lot of talented young players. And the, the great strength of British university football is, I mean, British football as a whole, sorry, is the talent we have. You, you look at the amount of players who are going over to play in Europe and play semi professionally. Um, they're some of the better players on their squads uh, alongside the Americans. And we are starting to make shakes here with players going over to play in NCAA and uh, um, obviously Effie Abad are doing really well in, in the NFL. We have a lot of talent and what we lack in infrastructure and uh, stadia uh, and other bits and pieces, we certainly make up for in, in ability. And it's about allowing the cream to rise to the top. Okay, and that brings us actually quite nicely onto a question question from uh, Christopher Lawton. Uh, thanks for Chris for getting involved. Uh, he says, "What logistically would he would you like to see be put in place to develop develop the domestic game, uh, and what will it take for us to be a bit more competitive with the leading European teams?" I think we just need the. For me, British football suffers from from three things, um, and I say suffers and that, that takes things maybe a little bit sensationalist. It's all about experience. Uh, and we have so many people accessing the sport, either they watch it on the NFL or, or they go and see the international programme, the international um, series or interact with TV and say, oh, well, I fancy a bit of that. It's all about quality of experience. And if we give people who are playing a quality experience, they're more likely to stay involved in the game. If they're more likely to stay involved in the game, they're more likely to grow and develop and turn into a serious players. The yeah. three things that we really need to improve on um, is um, uh, coaching, it's officiating and it's facilities. Um, I think the in referees and, and coaches certainly does some some very good coaches and referees in in the country. But there's also a lot of people who maybe aren't as good, and that leads to a lack of um, quality of experience. Um, mm. People access the game and then they drift away because they're not getting it. Similarly with facilities and. Uh, and equipment, if you're not getting, you know, you see it on the, the TV, if, if that, it's hard to do. If that isn't what you're getting at the club level, if you're not getting the quality coaching, if you're not getting the uh, the the, quality, the ability to train at a, a place that's nice or play at a place that's nice or you get, you know, there's a lot, a lot of work been done with, with Bathgo and Bathro in terms of coaching their members. Mm-hmm. Um but we still need to do more. We still need to make sure that everyone in this game is getting the coaching that they need and getting the quality of experience they desire. And that's the only way we're going to really grow this game is to keep people in the game. I heard stats that it's the fastest growing sport in the UK in terms of participation. 
But I think still think we'd have more people who who leave the sport in the first or second year mm. uh, as as join it. So it's really important for us to retain uh, and and build our experience. And I don't think it's a professional thing. I don't think it's a matter of of, of giving money uh, because that comes with its own uh, challenges as well. I think it's just I've been a professional um, professional ethos with a lowercase p rather than the capital p um, yeah. to make sure that you know we're, we're putting off together a great programs great coaching great games um, and so that's something that I want to do at Tamworth and the University of Nottingham is to put a really polished program together with all the bells and whistles and we've got great volunteer coaches and great players who are driven who are who want to be the best version they can be uh, and that's about it so it's about getting giving people an opportunity to grow and through personal uh, development and you know we, we talk about the, the issues we've got in the world at the moment it's a great time to, to sit and read and you know the afca have got free online clinics at the moment there's mm. a lot of opportunity for personal growth during yeah. this this period of uncertainty um and i'm certainly doing a lot of reading and i'm looking at a lot of playbooks and i'm challenging myself um so I think that's you know it's it's a great question. I just I want us to set our our sights high and and not settle for being good. Let's let's be great. Um, you know it's um, we, we we need to stop being so worries us about British football. We just need to con- you, know, you know if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. Mm. I believe in in finding yeah. a way. Yeah. No, I like it. I like it indeed. And just to, just for for those that are again a, a bit less familiar with uh, the international scene and the you know the, maybe the powerhouses of Europe, just a, a, a touch on maybe one or two uh, teams in in or countries in Europe that are kind of the the, the front runners in, in the game of American football. Um, just to touch on why maybe that is as well. Yeah, uh, there's every every nation has certainly got their strengths, and I I certainly won't want to say this team is elite, this team isn't. Um, there are some very good teams who are traditionally um, at the top end. Um, the Scandinavian countries are always strong. Uh, the French are really strong. Uh, the Austrians uh, are really strong. But then there's developing teams. I mean, the Italians uh, are, are growing. The Spanish are growing. The, the Serbians and the Polish. The, you know, there's no. You know, it's it's an old adage. There's no easy games in international football, and that's very much the okay. case. Mm. We've certainly got a, a group where. The Danes, you know, I've I've seen Danish football up close first time when Tamworth went to play the Copenhagen Towers a couple of years ago. Now they're no joke. They're they're well drilled. It's a professional league, and um, they they're put together. You know, their their you know programs and their athletes are elite. So we'll be up against it if and when we play Denmark, and then we'll play one of the blue bloods, I guess, if we beat them in in Austria. If you talk about traditional powerhouses, the Austrians, or we play one of the up-and-coming, developing teams, um, so it certainly challenges, and it's certainly a challenge that I'm uh, I'm excited to to step up to. Mm. No, love it. No, so much, very much. Uh, looking forward to that. And um, just before we get out of here, then Jason, uh, I, I thought it'd be quite good to get a bit more uh, info about you, but you know, what you like to do, uh, and all the rest of it. So, um, do, do you have a, a favourite college or NFL team that you that you follow, or are you just a, an advocate of the game? Yeah, I'm an advocate of the game. I think I always followed Mississippi State. That's why I spent a great season there, um, working with uh, Coach Collins, who's now the head coach at Georgia Tech. So. 
I follow those two programs, Georgia Tech and Mississippi State, um, in terms of college game. Uh, in the NFL, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Um, I, I went to high school in Canada for a year after I finished my A-levels. And my best friend there was from St. Petersburg in Florida, and he was a Tampa Bay fan. Uh, and when I played for the Canadian the high school team, I was a fullback. And it was the same time that Michael Stott was playing. So uh, I quickly became a Tampa Bay fan. And uh, um, I've enjoyed you know, some great years with them and recently, unfortunately, for <laughs> years. So I'm excited to see, see what Tom Brady can do. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I was going to ask you, what did, what did you make of that? That was a blockbuster, well, wasn't it? it well, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly interesting. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll take us over the, the edge. I think we've got great defense, great run defense, and you know, we've got some talented weapons. And we've got two really good tight ends. So um very similar to what he want, wanted to do in, in New England. Uh, but no, I'm an advocate of game. I always kind of watch some football and see if I can glean some bit of knowledge and some scheme. I, I really enjoyed watching uh, the Kansas City offense this year um, and the... Um, San Francisco offense this year, and I've been implementing some bits and pieces in that in in the the Nottingham play, playbook. I've been watching what uh, Clemson and LSU do on defense, and I've been incorporating some of that in the the Tamworth playbook. So I'm always just watching football, and you know, if you love the sport like I do, you're always looking to to firstly enjoy um, the spectacle, but also learn, you know, and grow and develop and. Um, every, every time I watch football, I, I learn something new or find something new. Sure. And uh, what's, your, what's your allegiance towards our offense or defense? If you had a choice between maybe a, a defensive slugfest, a nine a nine six field goal game, or a, a fifty four fifty one maybe Kansas City um, Kansas City explosive offensive game, what, what, which one would you go for? I'm a defensive guy. You know, defensive uh, guy, yeah. throughout, throughout my career, I've been. Uh, uh, I started off as uh, a linebackers coach uh, when I moved to Endicott uh, College in Beverly, Massachusetts. I coached linebackers in D-line, and that's what I do at Tamworth. I coach uh, linebackers and, and, and coach D-line. Last year, I coached defensive backs. Um, and certainly, we've been in you know, a fair share of defensive slugfests. Um, uh, Nottingham, I coordinate the offense because I want to challenge myself. And like I say, it comes back to personal development. Uh, it's an area that I know I want to grow in and develop and understand better, uh, which helps me be a better head coach, helps me be a better defensive coordinator. And similarly, being a defensive coordinator in the summer helps me better be a better offensive coordinator in the winter. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't believe in the games that are like 54, 48, you know, no, no tackling <laughs> in that game. I believe in fundamentals, blocking and tackling. And it's not that I uh, like boring football. It's just I like to win. And you can't win without good tackling. No, no, that's, that's fair enough uh, indeed. As obviously you, you, you say, you dabble in both sides. But which is your kind of favourite player position uh, to coach? Um, oh wow, no asking. Um, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I, allow you to have one either side of the ball if you like. Yeah, well, I, I go back. I, I love, I love coaching the, the linebackers. You know, I've had the the opportunity to coach some really, really good linebackers in that time at Tamworth. But then I think the defensive line is, you know, is as as talented at yeah, Tamworth as I've, I've ever seen. Uh, we've got some great guys there who who are excited to play football and I watch a lot of drill tapes in those positions. So it, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe bandit, maybe bandit, bandit linebacker because, you know, you kind of rush the pass and drop into coverage a little bit and, and we've got some good dudes there. Offensively, I really like tight ends. I coached um, the 2000 and, um, 
uh, nine uh, national program tight ends. And when I first moved over to, to Endicott, I coached tight ends there. And that was my first experience really of, of coaching offensive football. And you get a an ability to grasp um, blocking schemes and pass concepts. Um, and it, tight ends are always something that, as a defensive coordinator, give me fits. Um, so I like tight ends, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. Is there any, maybe any, um, if you could spend maybe like a, an evening with a, a player, NFL or college player, like a linebacker or tight ends that's maybe retired now, who, who would you go for? Uh, now, would this be an evening with kind of like hang out and you know, yeah, yeah, it's all you can from? spend because, uh, spend an hour with? How could you not want to have a few beers with Gronk? Uh, right, it, yeah, <laughs> you might head in the morning. Uh, but you know that would be a good thing to do. Um, my my favourite player of all time is is Derek Brooks. Uh, he used to play for Tampa Bay, so him uh, or you know I lean more towards the coaching side these days. Um, I I value my days. Um, Endicott College. You know after we finish the game, uh, we always go to uh, a bar called Fibber McGee's, and there's myself who Coach Kane and Coach Drew Kane, and who's now the special teams coordinator at the. Uh, the Holy Cross uh, College of Holy Cross, um, Bobby Holmes, who was um, my defensive coordinator there, Todd Lemoyne, uh, Chris Gogolis, and we'd we'd go and, and have some beer. So if I had opportunity to spend some time having some beers or, or talking football with some coaches, it'll be those guys again. Um, I miss them daily. Um, my time at, at Endicott College it really made me the coach who I am. Um, so it's not fancy. It's it's not you know. Uh, uh, a, a wide known choice, but you know the the guys who are the the coal face of of football, Division Three NCAA, um, those guys uh, who who help for, shape who I am as a coach. And I'd love to have a beer with them again. Sure, and just a just a extension. Like, is there anyone and maybe a head coach in the NFL that you that you would love to pick the brains for, for for half an hour, or maybe ask them one question? Like, and you mentioned obviously Kansas City and San Francisco, obviously Andy Reid and and Carl Shanahan both at the top of their game at the moment. Um, uh, I'd, I'd like to ask Bill Belichick some questions, but I don't think <laughs> you're no, you're not getting the answers. You? Um, Pete Carroll, I've got a lot of time for him. Uh, all the stuff he did in college, um, um, what he does in in Seattle, uh, I've a lot of time for them. Coach Payton in uh, New Orleans, um, again a, a phenomenal coach with British football ties. And Andy Reid, you know, again a guy who I'm glad he's finally won the big game. Um, mm. he doesn't know about football um, isn't to be known um, so you know everyone has something new to 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 bring to the game I've just read the uh, the Doug Pedersen book as well recently so I'd be interested to to speak to him and um, you know I'd love to have an opportunity to sit down with Mike Leach who's just become the head coach of Mississippi State he's uh, he's a wild card and uh, um, yeah he, he'd, uh, he'll be an entertaining time Sure. So if, if you say if you went did have an evening with Andy Reid, at least he'd, he'd show you where all the good places to eat are, I suppose. Well, so there's yeah. that as well. Exactly. <laughs> um, bringing it a bit more back to home, then, Jason, just uh, just to get your your kind of thoughts on uh, the newly um, the newly formed NFL Academy um, and kind of what that's aiming to do. And do, do you think a, a was it a good move? Is it a good thing to to, to put in place? And um, how, what do you see the benefits are, if any, from from that? Yeah, I think you know, knowing the guys who run it, Coach Allen and, and the guys down in London, uh, I'd love an opportunity to go and visit and, and see it firsthand. I hear a lot of good things about what they do. 
um, they're trying to run a, a high school program down there and, and put people in a position to succeed, which is is admirable. Um, and then whether that is leads them on to um, football in the states, to NCA football or university football in the UK, which obviously I'm very interested in. Um, yeah. yeah, anything anything where again goes back to my earlier points about why people are accessing the game they've got quality facilities and quality coaching and because that quality of experience they'll stay in the game uh, and they'll want to give back like i want to give back because of my quality experiences uh, that i've had in the game so it's all only a positive thing that you're getting young people exposed to a high level of football at an early age um and giving them some aspiration to work towards you know seeing the stuff that you know they've gone off to, to watch a pro bowl and 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 they'll have opportunities now you know excite them and you know i wish the opportunity was around when when i was younger um yeah, yeah it's, it's it's only it's only a good thing um in, in my opinion like i say quality coaching quality facilities um quality organization and you know they hopefully those young players uh, will go on to be successful and hopefully i can recruit a couple of them to come to the university of nottingham in the future do you think that there might be a tug of war between, you know, the, the guys that are in the academy, you know, wanting to go to the bright lights of uh, of the states, and you know, do, do you reckon there might be a, a tug of war trying to say can them over over on this side of the of the? No, I don't think so. I think yeah, the, the again speaking to the guys who, who coach in the NFL academy is, is they're very realistic. Where there's some people who can go and play in, in football, there's some people, some players who want to stay in the UK and uh, stay close to their families or. Sure. Or value um, the um, the British education system, um, yeah. So I don't think it's a, a tug of war, and I would never begrudge anyone who wants to go off and 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 play um, um, in the NCA, you know. And it's like I said, I had a great time over there, um, my five years coaching in the states. Um, so it's not a matter of a tug of war. It's it's a little putting these young people in a position to succeed and find out what's important to them. And if they feel they can do it or they want to try it, then, you know, absolutely. Same with the guys from Tamworth or Nottingham who go away to play in Europe. Go away go away, and, and do that with our blessings and, and go and be successful. But when you, you want to come home, you know, remember, you know, who, who put you in that position in the first place. Come back to us and come back to British football and help grow our game. No, uh, no, that's a uh, very good idea. Okay, last one on this one. Then you mentioned a couple of different things that you would like to uh, see developing in this country in terms of uh, where money could potentially go. But if you just had this, just one million to spend on grassroots football, where would you put it? Yeah, I think that, again, it go again, my, my three areas of, of growth, I'd like to invest it in, in, a, in a facility um, where a national program facility like um a center of excellence uh where the, there is quality equipment quality facilities where people can come and train and grow and develop um for the national program for the under 19s um uh, and also giving other teams the opportunity to go and, and train there um just like they do at st george's park in burn for the fa just like the they the were um a, a, across other governing bodies i think if we had a, a a base to call our own we don't have to spend money on um hiring venues and hiring facilities but have this this quality um venue multi-purpose venue where we can play we can train we can we can be elite i think that's a big step into again 
making people want to be part of of our game in the UK. Okay, no, that, that pretty much needs to set in. Obviously, uh, the, the stuff going on at the moment with the virus uh, thwarting any attempts to get any football going this side. Do, do you think we, we will see any football this summer, or do you reckon it's uh, kind of? You you live in hope, don't you? I, I hope that we get some sort of football. Um, <laughs> but the thing I, I hope more than everyone else is everyone stays safe and everyone looks after themselves and uh, you stay in and, and, and help our NHS. Um, at the University of Nottingham, we've got some phenomenal student athletes, many of which who work in the medical profession, uh, either as, as nurses or pharmacists or uh, healthcare professionals, um, and they're doing a great job Um and as students, but also as you know, working in, in hospitals, uh, and I just want to take use this platform as an opportunity to thank everyone who is helping our nation and, and and growing. So, whilst football football will always be there, if it's this year or next year or the year after, football will always be around. But I just want everyone to stay safe and look after themselves. I'm very fortunate. I'm I'm holed up in, in my house in Solihull with my girlfriend, my, my baby daughter, and, and two big kids. So, um, I'm. Uh, I'm very fortunate and we're staying safe and you know we're taking the opportunity to uh, to learn and to grow and I'm reading a lot of football books so um, football will always be there um, um, so if it comes back this year it comes back if not then you know at least we live to fight another day I've got a couple of quick files from you then favorite favorite American football film the program, uh, it's not a very well widely known one. James Kahn, a very young Halle Berry um, about uh, um, college football in the, the 90s. Okay. Uh, what about uh, favourite book? Favourite book, oh wow. Um, oh, Gordon Bennett. Uh, what do I like the most? I tell you what, my favourite book, not American football book, it, it's it's by uh, Mike Krzyzewski, who's the... Uh, the head coach of Duke University basketball. It's called Leading with the Heart. That's one of my go-to books. And the other book I really like is is the legacy book about uh, the New, New Zealand All Blacks. Um, I recommend those two. Uh, at the moment, I'm reading Fourth and Goal uh, about Alabama football. Um, but yeah, um, certainly I, I enjoy Mike Krzyzewski uh, and uh, the uh, the the book called Legacy about the All Blacks is really good. Amazing. We'll, we'll, we'll put these out on social as well, just so people can access those. And then finally, Jason, do promise this is the last question. If you go, if you're going on a little jog uh, for for twenty minutes, what what uh, music or artists are you listening to? Oh, music. You know what? I promised myself this year I'd try and get a wider range of um, a wider range of tastes. I am a big big fan of music. I love New Order. Um, I'll often put them on. Um, anything post punk. Um, uh, late 80s stuff, um, early 90s, Stone Roses, The Smiths. So I'm, you know, I'm from the Northwest. So Man- Mancunian music is very important to me. But I listen to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, I listen to yeah. uh, to your podcast and the X and those guys. Um, uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Barstool Sports podcast as well. So um, I'm more likely to listen to my vinyl at home uh, and put podcasts out when I'm out, uh, out running or, or exercising. There you go, everyone. Follow the footsteps of Jason Scott. Uh, how how can the the lovely people of social media get in touch with you if they? I know you're a big uh, social media person, um, but how how can people get in contact with you if they do I, so wish to do so? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm. I need to tweet more. I need to take the opportunity to tweet more now. Now I'm housebound. You can find me at Fastboat Coach on Instagram or um, Twitter. 
or uh, UON uh, head coach uh, on, on Instagram as well. I've got a separate Nottingham uh, account there. Um, yeah, so look forward to access me. If anyone's got any questions, I'll generally pick up questions on Twitter. I'm happy to talk football. I'm happy to talk uh, music, um, the food, um, uh, film, books. Uh, yeah, just drop me a line. <laughs> pretty accessible. Absolutely, absolutely everywhere. We, we've we've got plenty of time, haven't we? For the next couple of months. So there's no, no there's no excuses. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I saw something the other day that about uh, about uh, spare time. Um, you know, we've got we've got a set amount of time in the day. Um, we we can't afford to 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 use it i mean i think it's henry rollins uh, again talking about music um singing in black flag and the rollins band said there's no there's no such thing as spare time uh, there's no such thing as downtime what you've got is lifetime uh, so go and use this this time to 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 grow and to develop and spend time with family and it's not spare it's not free time it's not downtime it's it's time to be used to to you know to grow and to develop so um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm spending time with my my, my family and um, reading and, and trying to grow and develop as much as I can. Jason, again, obviously, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you having you on. And no doubt, I hope you get to do a bit of football this season. If not, uh, look forward to seeing what you what what you're able to do with the G Lions. Uh, of course, Tamworth and the and Knots as well. But uh, we will see you no doubt very very soon indeed. Absolutely. You know, when we do go back to football, make sure that you know the people who listen to this, I know there's a lot, you've got a lot of NFL fans, go and support your your local Britball team. Go and watch them. And you know, a lot of teams will be struggling um with everything that's going on in terms of budgets mm. and, and facilities and everything. Go and support them, go and watch the the local British football. Uh, it's really, really important. Uh, and then go and support your national programme as well. Um when we come back, please come down and the big thing that you can give um, to British community, again, give us the atmosphere, give us the quality of experience, um, allow the players to play in front of um, full stadiums and full facilities. And that's that's huge for us. Yeah, no, lovely, lovely stuff. Thanks, Jason. All the best. Thank you very much. Thanks to Jason there, as always, your T-shirt is in the post, buddy. But there you have it, ladies and gents. Britball Week is done. It's in the books. Toast finito. I hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know your thoughts on any of the podcasts that we've had over the last week or so. And please, 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 please subscribe to us over on uh, Apple Podcasts. Five-star review, if you would be so kind. Love it reading some of those back. But... Love to say, take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that got involved with the uh, the Britball Week uh, teams, head coaches, players. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and spending a bit of time with us, getting a bit more exposure of the UK game. Any suggestions, you can tell us over on Twitter at FTMY Britball. Maybe you're a team that want to come on next time, or maybe you just want an interview uh, as well. We, we are more than happy to get you on. But that's going to do it for Britball Week. That's going to do it for the podcast. I have been Timothy Lambert Monk. I have been your host. I will speak to you very soon indeed. Let's put all our hands together and pray that we get some sort of Britball season. But until then, in the meantime, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye-bye for now. A bye-bye.